Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on uh, Blog Talk Radio. Happy Thursday to everyone. Uh, if it is your first time tuning into my show, I am uh, Jim Ventura. And I am what I like to call a navigational consultant. Uh, my expertise is in astrology and numerology and tarot and uh, runestones and animal cards, uh, quite a few different oracles that I have uh, worked with for many, many years. And I do do private sessions with people by phone and as well as in person for, for my local clients that are here in Phoenix. Uh, if you want information about any of that good stuff, you're welcome to Check all that out on my, uh, my, my page here. If you're not, uh, the, the Snake Oil Show, of course, is uh, we talk about alternative healing and health and philosophy and um, all that good stuff. Uh, there, there go the tongue-in-cheek perception of, uh, of, uh, of why we call uh, the show Snake Oil. wanted to be uh, humorous about that. Uh, so I see we got a couple of people joining us already in the chat room, um, and uh, I'm going to open up the phone lines and uh, take uh, personal questions and comments in about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, I definitely don't like to start the shows off with uh, personal questions. I, I want to kind of talk about some of our current events and kind of stick to our format. So, yes, I will absolutely uh, uh, open up to your, uh, your, your questions in, in a little bit. Um, anyway, so if you're not already getting my... Um, uh, my monthly column, uh, then please uh, feel free to email me at VenturaSage at Yahoo.com or at VenturaWords at uh, Mac.com and uh, be added to my uh, free mailing list to get my, my free monthly newsletter. Anyway, I'm also a writer and um, I, uh, I, I definitely have uh, uh, got a couple of books one published, one on the way, and two more in the works. So uh, you can get some information on that as well. Okay, so let me say hello to, again to everybody in the, the chat room. Hello to uh, Energy One and hello to um, New York, LA 555. Welcome. Good to see you guys again. And. Uh, and uh, let's see, I'm going to ask you a quick question, then I want to talk about a couple of things, and then we'll, then we'll go to some, some personal questions here. So Energy One asks, how is it in Phoenix today? Uh, very nice, actually. Uh, you know, we're looking at upper 80s and um, sunny and, and quite nice. We've been kind of getting close to 90 every day, and also um, and, uh, and in the evenings we usually go down to into low 60s, so it's really actually quite nice. Uh, we've got another month or so of this, so we take full advantage of it. And uh, welcome, uh, New York, LA, 555, and uh, as well to the, uh, to the chat room, and anyone who's listening as well. So, yeah, yeah, Phoenix is great this time of year, um, especially once you get past the, um, once you get past the uh, allergy season, which is, is so common uh, to deal with, usually February, March, early April, a uh, lot, a lot of um, allergy stuff going on. So, anyway, good place to be. Very difficult place to be in July, August, and September, by the way. Uh, but uh, for uh, for uh, the rest of the year, definitely a good place to be. 
So a couple things I want to talk about today, and like I said, in a little while I will open up the uh, phone lines, um, but uh, two, two kind of major things that are going on is from an astrological angle, we have uh, been in a, a Mercury retrograde in Aries for the last about almost three weeks now. Uh, Aries, uh, Mercury will go direct again in uh, actually on Easter, I believe it's late Saturday early Sunday, Mercury will go direct again. So Mercury rules the way we think, the way we communicate, the way we express ourselves, uh, electronic equipment, um, appointment, well, not necessarily appointments. Uh, uh, again, just the way we, we communicate and think, and anything connected with that type of thing, telephone calls, appointments, anything doing to do with communication is, is rule, really, in essence, ruled by, um, by uh, Mercury. So... Uh, when it goes retrograde, backwards, at least in, in terms of perception, there tends to be kind of a, a dynamic that goes on, because this will happen about, about three, uh, three or four times a year for about three weeks. And it, it tends to kind of make you kind of go over old issues and rethink things. Uh, people from the past may show up, a lot of miscommunication, a lot of um, uh, issues with, I've had you know, clients tell me their Internet went down or, they made an appointment and wrote the wrong time. You know, you find a lot of these kind of confused things that go on during a Mercury retrograde. And I think that they are, uh, again, they're going to happen whether you're conscious of it or not in that sense. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, you have to kind of take it with the grain because it could be a little bit frustrating in that sense. I always think that I always feel a little bit dumber during Mercury retrogrades in that sense. Um, uh, but I, I do find that a lot of times it gives you a chance to kind of reevaluate or rethink something. And it's been in Aries, too, so it's really affecting people's sense of independence and their sense of originality and the fight in them and their ability to uh, go after what they want and to be a leader. And, you know, uh, the whole dynamic of where, where Aries is in our chart, of course, is where we're strong, where we're individualistic. Where we're kind of a leader in that sense, but it can also be where we might battle or have anger or, or difficulty in that sense or be myopic in our point of view. So you can see these, these correlations going on. I noticed it early on when the Mercury went retrograde back in the beginning of the month, and I noticed it with a lot of drivers, uh, people cutting me off and riding my uh, proverbial car ass in that sense and kind of anger. I kind of caught it happening a bit. Um, so we will get that forward movement again, which should we get things moving along um, and uh, definitely uh, be uh, a nice break. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Energy One is commenting in the chat room about uh, uh, New York and L.A. If, you're, if you've gone and lived between those two places in that sense, um, uh, you know, you know that traffic can be really, really crazy. In fact, I always remember one time I drove through New York City when I was maybe 20 years old, and actually drove through the city, and I remember just about crying. I couldn't, I could not deal with it. It was very, um, uh, very, very, very traumatic in that sense. And uh, I've, I've driven in LA. I actually think LA is a little easier, but definitely by no means easy, uh, <laughs> by by any means. Uh, so uh, that should be uh, going forward again, uh, the Mercury, so things should definitely smooth out quite a bit. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about today is uh, if you noticed 
you know, I always try to remind my clients and people in general that weather patterns are always intimately connected with the energy of the areas that they affect. So that said, uh, anyone uh, who, who has caught the news or uh, kind of what's going on in the last uh, week or two knows that there was a lot of kind of tornado hit in the um, – in the Carolinas and in other uh, other areas of the uh, South. So uh, really there was a lot of damage that went down in those areas. And I know even I'm hearing quite a few people even died. Uh, some of them were pretty traumatic. What's interesting to me is I always, again, I, I always say that we are going to be influenced by the energy of an area and it's going to influence the weather. Um, absolutely uh, without question these things are parallel each other so what's interesting is I think it's the 150th uh, anniversary of the Civil War so you you still have some of that energy of, of unrest that exists in the south and and in and other places as well too in America but uh, largely there and uh, you know you have this kind of energy being brought to surface again about um, this difference in, in racial equality and and uh, the South's position and all these things. And then lo and behold, we have a series of uh, tornadoes affecting those areas. What's always interesting to observe is as difficult as nature can be. Um, I think that when people have to help each other when they go through traumatic events and situations, then they, there's, a, there's kind of a good that comes out of all of these bads. And the good that comes out of these bads is that when there is a traumatic event and people are hurt or injured, most human beings have a tendency to kind of get together and they will band together to help each other no matter what. Uh, you know, people, even we saw this during, certainly during 9-11, we saw it during the Oklahoma bombings, we see this in, in all kinds of different places uh, when these traumatic events happen, that as a general rule, people will kind of band together and help each other. So racial issues, sexual orientation, age, wealth, status, all of these things go out the door when you're dealing with someone who is, uh, uh, you know, their home has been torn apart, and they have gone through these type of traumas. All of us can identify with what they've gone through. So, you know, I, I, one of the things that I, that I often tell people is if, if, if people don't work things out in an amicable, healthy way, then, of course, the universe, nature, whatever you want to say, will participate in creating an element of a solution in that sense. So I've heard a lot of really great efforts to help people in those areas, um, and I, which is awesome. Again, people kind of being pulled to to help uh, people who've gone through trauma. But uh, again, if you if you switch gears and you begin to look at a situation from a larger context, you'll understand that we're not really necessarily a victim of weather. Um, it really is an element of the physical plane that can become more pronounced and a bit rockier during times when the energy of the people in the area is in discord. Uh, weather can clear uh, a pattern. You know, anyone who's ever been through a hurricane or a tornado or anything like that knows that as horrible as those events are, and, and there's no question that they're horrible. I grew up in, in Long Island, and we would get occasional um, hurricanes that would come through. 
think it's one of the reasons why I like being in Phoenix now. We're relatively weatherproof. Our monsoon season in the summer can sometimes be a bit harrowing, but um, it's really pretty tame in comparison to what I remember from from uh, New York and and certainly uh, in many other areas of the country as well too that have harder weather pattern hits. Um, so that said, uh, I think it's a little bit. I feel it's a little safer here to me in that sense in terms of weather. Uh, but um, yeah, the, the, these things do happen, and you know that once the storm happens and it clears, you could feel the change in the air. You know, I mean, it's almost like even in a smaller context, if you look at your personal relationships, you know, one of my favorite authors named Dick Sutton said years ago that an occasional battle in a relationship clears the air, yet uh, constant battling destroys a relationship. And uh, it's good sometimes to have a disagreement in a relationship and iron out your difficulties and, and have a conversation. I think it's very healthy to do it once in a while, but if you're fighting all the time, we got another issue. So the same thing to me, again, applies to weather. Sometimes that clearing is a benefit. You know, we wish it didn't have to be so dramatic where lives are taken or people go through uh, such extreme uh, uh, trauma, but absolutely, without question, you can see how the, these events are interconnected. I think we're, we're kind of taught through many of our religions and, and through, through science to some extent that we are like an element that is on the landscape but not really part of the landscape as human beings. So we are really intimately entwined in that way into all of these events. So, yeah, there is still, you know, whether people like to admit it or not, there is still um, energy connected with uh, racial inequality that very much exists in, in this country uh, and, and certainly all over the world. I personally don't get it. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I have never had, and I could say this with complete sincerity, I have never had any type of racial um, judgment. Um, I, I always say the same joke, all people irritate me equally or I like all people equally. I, you know, someone's race or sexual orientation or status doesn't really have a bearing on what kind of person they are. And I, I never actually got that, uh, why anybody would think that way. I think that is kind of an odd perception uh, of projection in a lot of cases. Uh, you know, when I was a little kid, one of my favorite stories, I'm going to tell the story and then I'm going to start answering some of your questions, sure, because I know you guys got a few things you want to ask about. Um, one of my favorite stories as a kid, and I, I think I'll have to write this someday because it's kind of a good story, but I'll give you the short version of it. When I was about, uh, I mean, 11 or 12, maybe 12, I remember riding my bike up to a store in New York called Pergaments, uh, which is such a New York-sounding kind of a store, by the way. I'm sure it's long gone. But I remember riding my bike up to Pergaments, kind of a department store that had a bit of everything. And they had one of those, like, um, of uh, one of those places where, you know, they had hot pretzels and hot dogs and, you know, crap food in that sense. And I remember I had saved up some change, and I went into my change jar, and I got a whole bunch of nickels and mostly pennies together. And I was so excited about going up there and getting a hot pretzel. So, you know, the hot pretzel was like 35, 40 cents. So I ordered, there was maybe a 16, 17-year-old black girl behind the counter, and I remember, um, you know, asking her for a hot pretzel, and she puts it down, and she's irritated beyond all comprehension, pretty much because she's 16 or 17. <laughs> you know what I mean, a 16 or 17-year-old New York girl. So she puts the hot pretzel down, and I start pulling out these pennies out of my pocket, and she looked at me, and she said, I'm not taking that. Give me real money. I'm not going to count out pennies for you in that sense. Give me real money, or you're not getting your pretzel. And... 
I remember being really, really upset, obviously. It almost, I mean, I was a little kid. I almost wanted to cry, and I kind of just kind of slunk out of there and got on my bike, and I, I rode home. And, you know, I remember that very vividly because I, I remember thinking about what a bitch she was, but I was going to be no match for a 16, 17-year-old girl when I was 12. And I remember thinking about that she was, but it never occurred to me to make some type of decision that all black people were terrible because I had dealt with this bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's so funny to me that anybody would even have the ability to think that way in that sense. I mean, she was a 16, 17-year-old miserable human being in that sense because, like I said, God knows what was going on in her life. And that's, But it never would have occurred to me to have taken that as a racial issue and then spent the rest of my life going, black women are bitchy. You know, so it's very funny to me that, that human beings do this in that sense. It's really, really lame uh, on top of it, but a lot of people do. So, again, I think that these weather patterns really do begin to kind of shift focus and, again, at least temporarily get people to say, you know, I don't care if you're black, if you're white, if you're Asian, if you're any of those things, you need to be helped in a hospital. We need to help you rebuild your home. We need to do all of those things. So there's a beauty that comes out of these tragic events in that sense, if we look at it from that angle. And this said, let me kind of switch over a little bit because I know we've got a couple of uh, personal questions that you guys want to ask, and I'm going to get to New York, L.A. in just a moment here because I know you've been very patient. Um, here's the thing, guys. It's very important to remember this. No matter what you're going through in your life, and this, of course, especially applies to circumstances or situations that you feel blind or powerless or uncomfortable about, any of those things that we go through at a personal level, always know that there's a purpose and a reason for why you're going through that experience that you may not understand now, but eventually you will understand. And I always use this line, consider the uses of adversity. Sometimes if something is blocked and it's not working out and not coming together, it's either that it isn't meant to or that it's just a timing issue where it is not really, really, really hit yet in that sense in terms of coming together, but that it very well still might. So these are very important things to remember at a very, very personal level because um, we do. We will go through periods and times when we, we go through, you know, real trauma. And, you know, our, you know, it's funny because we all have different levels of what we consider trauma to be. I mean, one person may be dealing with extreme health issues, and then, you know, some of us, it might just be a minor financial issue or relationship struggle or something like that. So it isn't really a pecking order. Every individual has their own kind of gamut of how they experience difficulty in that sense. But what I always tell people, and this is what's so key, is if you are continually to, continuing to hit across an area that is of difficulty that's causing you pain in that sense, Either, again, you kind of need to look at why it's there, that it might be there as a benefit, even though it's hard to understand that dynamic, or that, you know, uh, it, it's blocked for a reason because in your, from your higher self's perspective, this may not be the best thing for you in that sense. And even more importantly, a lot of cases, it's really more about coming into an awareness of where we have limited beliefs that block us from moving forward. You know, the, the, the simple truth of life is your thoughts, your beliefs form the reality and the experience that you have. So all of this said, um, 
when we, we can identify and own that in that sense, it really does put us back in the power seat because often we need to look deeper inside ourselves and, and recognize where this may come from and where we may need to make that, that kind of a shift. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave, uh, leave on that point, uh, not leave the show, <laughs> I'm still on the show, and I'm going to um, put up, uh, I'm going to put the uh, phone number up if anybody wants to call in, um, they're welcome to, otherwise I'm going to answer a couple of these questions from my friends in our chat room. So the call-in number is, well, you probably need to dial a 1, and then that is a 646-200-3966. One six four six two hundred three nine six six, and uh, if you want to call in and, and comment on anything we've been talking about today, or you have a, a question that you want to ask, you're welcome to do it. I always, we don't have a long show, so I want to keep you know any questions that I ask to about five minutes or so. But you're absolutely welcome to call in at one six four six two hundred three nine six six. Otherwise, I'll continue to talk. Okay, so let's go first to New York, LA five five five, and see you're writing me. Um, in a separate kind of uh, conversation box. So I'm going to read that so the people on air know what you're talking about. Otherwise, it might not be of interest to them. Okay, so New York, LA, 555. She says, "My, uh, I'm assuming this is a female because it may not be, but I'm <laughs> assuming it is. My question is, do you feel the relationship with a boyfriend will work out? There's no wom woman in the picture. And I want to know if it will work out in my favor. We are supposed to have a clarity talk about this yet he is still yet to call me is he figuring out a solution for this and trying to fix it or is he not doing anything about it what do you pick up on the energy of a gym no he does share children with her yet i was blind to this before i entered the relationship i know he loves me but he put me in a situation blindly okay awesome question by the way okay because i think this is a you'll be amazed by this um because I have had a lot of clients going through very, very similar uh, experiences right now, too, uh, in relationships. This just seems to be all over the place. So you are literally talking about um, a question that is uh, very much, uh, seemingly, again, kind of common in one respect or another at this point. So here's the situation. Um, Looking at it from this angle, absolutely right. Now, you're getting this other piece that you got about not knowing that he had children with this woman and all of this stuff is very, very, very significant. And it's funny because I was going to ask you about that even before I got to that part of your question about whether there was some other factor that was causing him to hesitate in that sense. So, you know, I feel like what you have here is you have a, a situation where he is, uh, there is an energy connection, an emotional and, and, and even physical one between the two of you. There's no question. But there's an element and an energy of guilt that is coming up with him at this point uh, in the game because he, I feel like obviously he wants to see if he could work it out in some respect and has this allegiance to this loyalty that he feels he did not do enough or somehow he failed in in this relationship from before. So I think that's also why he's pulling back from you. The other thing that I'm getting is I feel like part of the reason you haven't heard from him yet is he's afraid of talking to you because he's, a, he's attempting to do what he sees to be the right thing, even though he's torn. And if he hears your voice, if he has a conversation with you and he talks to you, he's going to waver. And because it's going to remind him of the feelings that he has for you, which he's trying to to keep 
inside or locked up at some level. Now, this, all of this said, you know, you, you have further mentioned, you said I gave him uh, an ultimatum. He knows this is a make-or-break-it conversation. So, I mean, so now, in some respects, for your own clarity, I think that is good that you needed to um, kind of uh, establish your perception and your point. But I also feel like at some levels this is going to make him even possibly pull back even more. Uh, the feeling that I'm getting is what is happening with him and this woman and the children all of that, I will tell you, I don't think it's going to work out. So I think he's in the process of finding that out in that sense. That's why I'm going to give you the suggestion to pull back a little bit in that sense from this just for another, I want to say, I want to say even another maybe two weeks of pulling back from this and letting him, um, him either answer you or not. Because I feel like he will. But I'm, the, the, the feeling that I'm getting is it's going to take a little bit longer, and that's where there's a frustration with in that sense. Um, because, again, I feel like he's sort of damned if he do, damned, damned if he doesn't uh, in that sense. So you're further saying, yes, I put my foot down, the woman knows about me for what I strongly feel. Absolutely. So there's a push and pull back and forth here, and I feel like he's kind of caught in a situation where he feels like it's kind of no win. The feeling that I'm getting is it seems like he's moving more toward coming to a resolution with you at this point, but I feel like it's almost like he had to go through this process of seeing whether he can fix the past situation. Very appropriate, by the way, for Mercury in uh, retrograde in Aries. So you're going to get some movement forward uh, at the end of this week into the beginning of next week. And again, I feel like, I'm feeling like I said, I don't think it's more than another week or so away that you'll finally hear from him and you will uh, realize what's going on. Uh, yes. So in answer to your question, you said you're trying to you're telling me he's trying to end it with her and officially move towards me. Yeah, that's what I feel like. He he had to kind of check this out and and uh, and uh, come to that recognition that he the reasons he left her and it didn't work out are still there. So uh, yeah, and, and absolutely it, it, right. If, if you were talking during the Mercury it, it, again, it's going to screw the whole thing up. See, it's all in Aries, so this is. This is also your battle at some level, at an internal level, because you feel powerless and there's nothing that you can do. So New York, L.A., this is really important. Look inside. What does this trigger in you? When have you felt this way before? Even as a child or in your, when you were younger in that sense, when you felt like you cared for someone and they weren't speaking to you and there was a battle in essence that was going on, really, really, this is kind of the way to move the Mercury retrograde through and move this issue through. Look at where this energy comes from and whether it's familiar to you somehow. Because I guarantee it is at some level if you can meditate on this because it's really bringing up uh, this pain in you that I absolutely understand because it feels like he's not choosing you. But the thing is, I don't. I feel like when he originally reached out for you, he didn't think he was going to have as strong of feelings for you as he did, and they did, and they grew. And that created more confusion in him. So he has to kind of work this out. So as weird as it sounds, you're, it's a benefit to you to not be having this conversation with him right now, in that sense, to, to pull back and let him figure his crap out at this point. Because really think about this. He runs a greater risk. You could move forward, find someone else, and, and make a connection while he's figuring this out. And I'm not suggesting that you will or that you should. 
but he takes the larger risk in that sense. So if you can switch gears on this in that sense, you'll understand that the feeling of being caged and victimized is really painful, but you can move through it by taking a position of, of personal power again and realizing that no matter what happens, it's going to work out in your favor. And I want you to make that your mantra. No matter what happens, it is going to work out favorably for me. He's either going to come to me clean, where he's ready to really, really work on us in that sense, or he is going to lose me and I'm going to find and maneuver myself towards someone who is completely available. So you can't really lose here, and that's what is so important to remember. And if you could switch gears and really see it the way that it is, you'll realize that he, um, he, he does, he needs to work these things out. I'm still feeling like it's favorable in that sense. I just think, like I said, that you need to kind of pull back, put your energy elsewhere, because it's got to be driving you nuts, this analysis of it and waiting for him. And you made your stand, you put your perspective out there, now let him come to you. And here's a great mantra for all of this. Um, love this. This is a, an expression and a line from the Viking runestones. Um, what is yours will come to me. Uh, what, what is yours will come to you. Uh, <laughs> so that's key. Realize that you know you, if something is meant to be in that sense, it's coming. It just has to work out the details in that sense. Um, so uh, let's see what he's saying here. I told him to let me know what you want so I can make a decision. I told him it's okay if you can't. Absolutely. Say so he's being cautious in the sense that, trust me, I had an ex from years ago that was I hadn't heard from in months, and I, we had a falling out, and we needed to work some things out, and I'll never forget this. And uh, I had, um, I, you know, I wrote him a, a letter or two, I, I called and left a message, and finally he just was not responding. And I thought to myself, okay, I kind of got to give up on, otherwise I'm becoming a stalker, like a lunatic. But I'm very, I'm a fire sign. You know, I'm very aggressive. To me, let's get this, let's get this out of the table. Let's work it through. Let's talk. I, mean, I have no hesitancy about such things. But I was dealing with a water sign. I was dealing with a Scorpio. But it was very funny because I think this story will be a big help to you. I actually wrote about it to some extent in my book. Um, what came out of it that was so interesting is we didn't actually end up talking for six or seven months. I finally gave up. I was going to keep calling and, and writing and, and uh, you know, I was saying it in a loving way. In any way, was not having it. And so finally, I had an impulse about six, eight months later to call again. I hadn't done it in months, and I called and I left a message, and I said, hey, it's Satan, or, or Jim. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be humorous about it, Sagittarius. And I said, you know, uh, I, I'd love to talk. If, you know, it's been a while. If you want to talk, I'm, I'm doing good. I hope you are. Give me a call. I won't call you again, but I just wanted to throw it out there if you want to. I'm open to it. And 20 minutes later, got a call back, and it was him, and he was crabby and pissy, and he didn't like that I gave him an ultimatum six months ago, and he was listening. And then ten minutes into the conversation, he started to cry. And just painfully cry and sob. And I said, what is the matter? I don't understand. And he kept saying, it's not time for us to be together. I wish we could. It's just not time right now. And, you know, and he was crying, and he was crying. And, you know, so I ended up um, hanging up the phone and said, okay, when, it's, when you're ready, I'm here. You know, you can, you know, you can call and I had then in this case I never heard from him again. And then a few years later, um, I found out that um, he ended up um, he was doing some illegal things, stealing his stepfather's credit cards and various things, and ended up going to jail for two years. So 
he wasn't calling me because it wasn't that he didn't love me. It was that he was afraid of being with someone who was a, 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 a you know, a, a reader and someone who was sensitive and someone he felt was too good for him in that sense. So that's a very interesting story, again, in looking at these shift in perceptions. So, again, and in your situation, yeah, absolutely. Don't call again. Leave it alone. You made your stand. Let him, again, the mantra is, what is yours will come to you. Um, I think you did do the right thing. Because if you didn't take some type of action, um, you would, you know, you would, uh, you, you would be even more uncomfortable. So you took the appropriate action. You said, here I am. Let's work this out. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk. That's all you've got to do. So you're done. Your part's done. Let him work it out. Because if he's not strong enough to come to you and, and work this out and figure things out, hell, in the long run, he's not going to be in your best interest. You know what I mean? But I'm still optimistic. I feel like there's going to be something that works through. He's just trying to do the right thing. Uh, my ex in this case was, I mean, he, uh, he, this was a guy who was a, um, a singer and a model on top of it and then spent two years in jail. I don't even want to theorize about what he went through while he was in jail. You know what I mean? Like, I kept thinking about that. I'm like, even if he would come back to me, I would always be, like, uncomfortable about that in that sense. What a dumb decision to make. Uh, okay, so anyway, so that's what I'm suggesting. Hang back, pull back, put your energy elsewhere. And in the meantime, look at where this pattern comes from in you and clear it through because it does come from somewhere, and you know what I'm talking about. Get past the details of the situation and look at... Uh, what the uh, energy is in that sense of, of, of that's going on in you that you're drawing an event like this to you in that sense because you can change this and that's what's key uh, so what's the last comment so lastly feel he will contact me within a week or so yeah I do think it's coming up this Saturday will be nine weeks yeah it's a long time but it's because he has to finish and do this other thing your you know, you're more dangerous than you know in that sense. When somebody loves you and someone has feelings for you and they have this unresolved stuff, believe me, even the sound of your voice is going to scare him. Because I, I can pretty much clearly sense New York, L.A., 555, that you're not a weak person. So <laughs> realize that. That makes you very strong and a little scary, but also what he's, he's, he's pulled into. So like I said, just pull back for a bit. Let what, And that's the mantra. What is yours will come to you. There's nothing else that you have to do. Because I know even from the story that I told, I mean, it was interesting how the information of why I never heard from him again did come back to me. You know, it, it, was, it came through a, uh, a, uh, an email, actually. It was like two, three years later, I was on a, a dating website on a Yahoo's Personals, and they sent me, uh, two days before Valentine's Day, they sent me a thing saying, your, your perfect match, so the computer figured out. And it was this dude. And I was like, oh, my God. And in the profile it said, um, you know, what he had gone through and he was fixing his life and all of these things. And I wrote him and he, and he wrote – and he didn't write me back. He was angry still and, oh, my God, what a disaster. So, uh, but, you know, what, what can you do? People make choices. So absolutely strong in a loving way. Very good. All right. Let me answer Energy uh, Energy One's question now. You're asking about uh, – you have to – you're asking about, let's see, um, uh, <laughs> that's funny, so you're talking about, uh, okay, you were asking about when you're going to go to Arizona again. You know, I keep feeling almost like um, you're maybe due for a visit first uh, before the doors will open. I, I feel like I keep hearing, 
you should be researching um, you know the opportunities connected with it. You know, one of the things that's that's really interesting. A lot of people are moving back to Arizona at this point in the game uh, from other places, or moving to Arizona. And the one of the reasons is the housing market is so bad here that you can get homes really, really inexpensively and really cheap here. So I think that um, a lot of people are taking advantage of it from that angle. So I think for you, what I'm feeling like Energy One is that you want to uh, you're wanting to research or, or come in for a visit or, or come in to check it out again because I think you're going to you're going to get message through that experience that's going to remind you of when this is going to fit. But yeah, I am. They, I'm, I'm keep kind of getting. They keep showing me an image of a magnet. So for some reason, you're being being pulled to the area again, and uh, I think you should you should check it out. So that's my suggestion there. Let me get this caller here because we've only got a few more minutes. Okay. Hello, nine one four. You're on uh, Snake Oil Radio. How are you? Hi, Jim. It was me, Energy One. It's just because I lost. Oh, cool. Okay. Found, so I lost sound. Yeah. Yeah. So, I lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that? No, I said I lost sound and I couldn't hear you. I'm like, what did he say? <laughs> right. Did you hear anything I was just saying before the thing? Just the very, the end, the end when you said, yeah, I'm, I'm like a magnet being pulled. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, so that's what I'm kind of feeling here is I feel like you're, like, again, it's a magnet. There's a reason you're being pulled back to the area in that sense. But I keep hearing that there's just a lot of details to take care of first before you're able to necessarily do that. Where are you now? In New York. In New York, right. Mm-hmm. Um, have you, you lived here before, right? Yes, for 10 years. Yeah, so what was it that got you to go back to New York? Oh, man. Let me see if I can talk. Hold on. Give me a minute. Give me a second. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. What happened is, because I'm over my ex house, I came out here to, came back to New York to get married. My ex, who was a, a friend of mine for a, a long time, we used to date in our early 20s. I came to visit. He asked me to marry him. I thought it might be a good idea. Wrong. <laughs> right. We, you know, we we still we're friends and everything. That's why I'm over his house right now. Right, so, you, but you're not together now, right? No, no. No, because I, you know, I pulled a rune and uh, a rune stone for you on this, and it came up the rune of strengths, which kind of means it, it's an interesting rune because it it sort of means that you um, you went through a difficult passage at some levels. And that you have to, um, like, you know, he talks about the idea of um, the, the analogy to this rune is associated with a wild ox. And the idea was that when the wild ox was domesticated, which was a very difficult, uh, it was a very difficult um, process, that the wild ox could transport heavy loads in that sense. So what I feel like, and that's what I'm seeing connected with this, is in order to do this, um, you're going to have to, I mean, make some changes, and I, I don't feel like it's necessarily going to be easy. But is it easy where you are now? No, it's the, the change to going to Arizona would not be a hard thing for me. It's I'm hard here. First of all, I'm unemployed, and that's right. not the reason why I want, I want to move back. That That's not the reason. I wanted to move back for years. Uh, I just like the, the feeling out there. I'm very empathic, and yeah. it's driving me crazy here in New York with the, the energy right. of people, you know, even though I was born here. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's warm as hell here in the summer, but it's still, to me, it's only three lousy months as opposed to nine good ones. That's months. right. 
Yeah. So I think it's a fair trade-off. But that's what I'm feeling. I, I, that's why I keep hearing this saying this in a very, very clear way in my head um, that all you need to do is start the research, like mm-hmm. to, you know, to look for work, to figure out places to live, things of that nature. And once you, you get that in motion, I think you've done a little of that already, have you? Yeah. Yeah. Once that's in motion, it literally feels like a doorway is going to open and then you'll be able to step through it, even though it's going to be, again, a little tough because, it, you know, I, I know, I remember when I, when I left New York 20 years ago and moved to Arizona, you'll get a kick out of this. I mean, of course, I was like 23 at the time, 24 or so when I did it. But I basically... I, I I I went I flew out here I I figured out an apartment to live in and I paid my first month and then I went back and I worked in New York and then I left my job and I packed up everything I threw it all in the back of my blazer and I came out here with no joke the first month paid for in the apartment and maybe all of three hundred dollars in my pocket <laughs> with no job yeah and I always remember people being way. like oh my god how did you do that I'm like are you kidding me it was scary and awesome all yeah. entwined together. Yeah, because you know it was. I was terrified at one level. I was like, especially because I had been waiting tables when I lived in New York at the time, and I came here and I'm you know used to making 175 bucks and or so a night in New York, and I came here and the first night I worked in the restaurant job that I ended up getting, I made like uh, 17 dollars, <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, dude, what did you do? <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know, looking back on it, what's so funny is, and I moved here with a criminal. Who ended up stealing from me? And I could go. This is all in my. This is all in my in my book, Dirty Little Secrets. But anyway, long story short, um, it was really funny because it was so horrible at one level, but it was also so awesome because I did. I made all these new friends and I found this good job and I. I don't. It just worked out, even though it was tough in that transition. And that's the feeling that I'm getting for you. I don't think you have to stay where you are anymore. I think you just have to set up the details. Yes. Of how yeah, to no, get I don't here. have to. There's nothing time. My kids are adults, young adults now. They get right. You know, and it's it's just the money thing. It's that's it. That's the only thing that's yeah. in my way. But that's yeah. why I think, like I said, you can you can find you can begin to research work and various things. I mean, the unemployment um, is actually not horrible here. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, housing and stuff like that really dirt cheap right now. And I know, and I, you you wouldn't believe how much I'm, I'm on unemployment. You wouldn't have, believe how much my apartment. I'm in Yonkers. My apartment is so much money. I can I can rent an apartment in Phoenix for half that amount. Oh, have absolutely. Food. You know that the, yeah. uh, the, this is a great example. This condo complex that I live in right now. I live in a beautiful complex, thousand square feet, uh, condos, two bedroom, two bath. Um, overlooking Camelback Mountain, oh. a fireplace, um, and you know how much these condos are going for right now? How much? You can get them for about thirty-eight, thirty-seven thousand. Mm, can you even imagine how ridiculous you know, they know I, that when is? I lived, when I lived there eight years ago, it was the same thing. So even though it is we're going through um, uh, a recession, but eight years ago the apartments, of course, were cheaper in, in, totally. in Arizona. We got so much, it's so much room there. That's what it is. And yeah, yeah. So, so I, okay. I feel like this is this is really close. I mean, I think you can do this almost as soon as you want, but the window that I see is is uh, even by the fall. Yeah, I, I've been I've been I've been kind of told that too. I was just like, but you know, it's like I got to get some money anyway to live. Yeah, that's all it is. is and, and just make all you got to do is make the decision, and then the money and the, the supplies will come. Oh, you okay. just have to make the decision. Then it's the universe's job to supply that. Okay. okay. I got. I have, got to have to run because we only got a minute to go. But okay, thanks. I hope that was a help. It was. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Great. Thanks for calling in. 
Okay, let me, uh, otherwise we're going to run out of our time here and people have no idea what's going on. Okay, thank you both, um, New York to LA555 and Energy One for your call and your questions and your comments. Um, you know, a lot of people listen to the show in the archives, and, you know, believe me, a lot of people listen to the show in the archives. And the last show I did, there was only maybe 16 people who listened to it live, and already there was like 120 people that have listened to the archives. So people really do get the show um, later on. I think it's because I'm, I'm a little early in the day, and a lot of people are still at work. I think I'm going to stick with the time anyway. Anyway, so thank you both. And uh, for everybody tuning in, I'll be back here again next week. And uh, we are weekly. Every once in a while I miss a Thursday if I'm on vacation. But uh, most of the time I'm pretty good about making sure my shows. And if it's booked, I will be on uh, in that sense. So anyway, you can catch me every Thursday. Next week, another show where we'll just talk about what's going on and take personal questions and all that good stuff. And I always appreciate your, inco- your in- income. I always appreciate your input. See, I'm so stupid because it's Mercury Retrograde. So love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. I'll be here again next week. If you're not already getting my monthly newsletter, email me at VenturaSag at Yahoo.com or VenturaWords.Mac.com. And you can go to my website if you're looking for information on books or classes or uh, personal sessions. All right. Until next time, have an awesome Thursday and a groovy May. Cheers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.